Hello and welcome to the second unit. Why are you already laughing at me? Sometimes I do the intro and Meg just starts creasing. I don't know. It's, no, it's, still, it's not good for my morale. It's, it's just the way it's so carbon copied every time. Okay. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome to the second unit with me, Freddie, and Meg. And then I go, hello. Hello, Megan. Oh, oh. Rude. Yeah. Um, it's the podcast where we look at a film that one of us knows and loves and has been raving about for years and the other has only just been introduced to. And that today is, ooh, a first for the podcast, a documentary, which I don't know how that's going to really go. I reckon this could turn into possibly our shortest podcast yet because, you know, there's there's mm. rarely too much to extrapolate from a documentary because it's just the facts and the facts are in the film you don't come here for the facts you watch the film for the facts but that's all right sometimes you know if it's a more bite-sized podcast that could actually work better and maybe you know maybe they should all be 20 minutes or whatever it's gonna be i don't know documentaries have their own categories for criticism well just yeah, like film absolutely. just because it's a different format it's not mm, necessarily mean I feel it's like easier to digest especially myself, mm. I go hard on analysing, you know, like, the plot of the film, the narrative. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, you're right. A bit more how it's made, which, yeah. Blah, blah. Well, anyway, uh, you know, linking this to the last podcast, we've gone from a fictional mystery to a non-fictional mystery that, dare I say, although not revolving around rape and murder, is a bit more interesting and... It's, you know, a small link to Argentina in this film as well. So, you know, because there was a tile there. Um, but yes, we are talking about Resurrect Dead, the mystery of the Toynbee tiles, which, in summary, all over the east coast of America, in Philadelphia, New York, Boston, etc., and also a couple popping up in South America, in Argentina and Chile, are these Toynbee tiles that are stamped right into the tarmac of busy roads and junctions, more or less all saying the same four lines. Toynbee idea, in Kubrick's 2001, Resurrect Dead on Planet Jupiter. We follow Justin Dürer, and as him and his solver squad work to try and find out who's putting down these tiles and what do they mean. What they believe the tiles to mean is that historian and philosopher Arnold Toynbee wrote about how when someone dies, all their molecules still exist, and it's just a matter of rearranging them back to how they were when they were alive. That'll bring them back to life. The creator of these tiles interpreted Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey being about this very concept where the crew is travelling to Jupiter. There you go. That's what the tiles mean, probably. Now, who's putting these down? This is, you know, the bulk of the documentary is who is behind these tiles. Um, well, to cut a pretty short documentary even shorter, they hear from some people that they heard the same message broadcast over their TVs and radios through pirate broadcasting. Apparently, there was this guy that would drive down Philadelphia streets with a great big antenna on his car, beaming his message out to people trying to watch telly. What's more is that this guy had no passenger seat in his car or floor like a fucking Flintstone. So clearly, what he was doing and how he was able to get these tiles on busy streets and motorways and tunnels without anyone knowing is that he'd do it through the floor of his car when it was stationary. Justin 
and co go to a ham radio ham, ham radio convention to see if anyone remembers these broadcasts and they find someone that spoke to a guy in the early 80s about using his mailbox for deliveries and he was talking about this toynbee idea at this point justin and crew have some leads to who it could be so they ask if they remember the name this guy says well might need a little help so justin says zevi and he says Verna, all the connection has been made. And that's one of the people that they thought it could be because one of the tiles in South America mentioned this guy's address. So they go back to his house and he doesn't answer. His neighbours say that he's a bit of a shut-in and after someone broke into his house and held a knife to his throat, he's clearly not about having cameras in his face. He's possibly agoraphobic, possibly schizophrenic. They decide to just leave it there. Six months later, Justin's on a bus. He sees a guy that he's sure is Sevi, and the way they keep making eye contact, Sevi probably recognises him from the amount of times Justin has been to his front door. Justin decides, I won't talk to him. I'll let him keep his privacy. Yeah, it's the right decision to make, really, wasn't it? Yes, I, I think the ending is... It, it's, it's almost poetic. It's very respectful. I love this. This was a bit of me. Yeah. I watched this and I was like, solid choice. This might be solid. like my favourite pick of yours. Really? Yeah. I love this documentary and no one's really heard of it. I have never heard of it. And also, no. when Fred sent me the title, the the like beginning bit says Resurrect Dead. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's going to be zombies or something. I know it. Because I hate them. Here hate we go, zombies. another horror film. And then it wasn't. It was such a nice surprise. Yeah, it's just a quirky little documentary about a really interesting mystery. It is. It's quite like, um, it, it reminds me a bit of the Banksy mystery. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, it's that sort of level. But I loved it. I think the, the tiles themselves are like cryptic. There, there's a lot to digest there with the tiles. Mm, what, with the tiles themselves? Yeah. So, like, yeah. thinking that he could possibly have schizophrenia definitely is something that I thought because of the... They are nonsensical ramblings, some of the times. Mm, it's it's either someone going for nonsense or someone who is clearly not fully mentally there. Someone who's not well. He, yeah. Because, like, the tiles start off, you know, relatively chill. Like, um, mm. Toby, Jupiter, Resurrect, you know. Just splattered yeah. words onto the tiles. And then it gets a little bit more um, paranoid, like... Yeah, with that one tile Anti-Semitism that's... and things like that. Yeah. And it it definitely doesn't seem coherent. You can see the tiles' descent, which I think is also really interesting. Which, morally speaking, probably isn't <laughs> the greatest thing. However, it is very interesting. Well, yeah, because, I mean... How do you make a documentary about someone whose nightmare would be having a documentary made about them? <laughs> this is where I get really interested in this, because this this documentary, there's there's a few rules that documenters are meant to kind of stick to, a code of ethics. You don't get mm. involved with the people too much, you know? You don't insert yourselves into their lives, things like that. Um, sure. And you're not meant to cause, like, distress and things. Do, would they have known... Bearing in mind that their their first thought or hypotheses of this person's mentality would be that he was ill or he had schizophrenia, them still mm. continuing with the documentary to try and seek him out, I feel like is in itself slightly blurring that moral. 
I understand yeah. that they're interested, and I'm interested as well. I was watching it with yeah. them thinking, I hope they find him. However, when mm. you take a step back, you're like, oh, actually, that's really shit. You think this yeah, person's this like very poorly, and <laughs> you want to go and prod the hornet's nest. You're going to yeah. die. He's going to shoot you. It's America, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, but that's why I think the ending is 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 quite nice. Yeah. And because cause not only is it, you know, he doesn't go up to him and say, I oh, you the guy, you the guy, I've seen all your work, but I'm just, you know, scared of Jesus out of him. It's, it's almost, because the main guy we're following, Justin, it's his closure as well. He, he's able to get the closure, mm. so we're able to get the closure. Yeah. Just by seeing him and being like, yeah, that's the guy. Okay. Almost, I... you know, a nod. Yes. It's nice that he got that closure, and I do think that it redeems him a bit. I think the doc- the documenter in this film got a little bit caught up in it all, didn't he? Mm. It's definitely... Because, like, let's compare him to other documentaries out there, like um, uh, Luther's or Grizzly Man. That's my number one sure, great yeah. documentary. Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. Whilst Werner Herzog is empathetic and does actually listen to that recording of this man being mauled by there, which in itself is morally questionable, he never really inserts himself in their lives too much. He doesn't get into the debate. He doesn't say who's right and wrong. He doesn't make arguments for. He makes arguments for and against the situation, and he's very impartial throughout it all. He's like, Timothy Trentwell took this girl out and she got mauled. Yeah, that's really that really sucks. He knows he's yeah. scared of bears. However, she also had free will. So, like, do you know what I mean? There's that impartiality. Mm. Um, with this documenter, there's a little bit of that impartiality just gone. He's so like himself, obsessed with the plates. I was watching it and I was yeah. like, man, you need to chill. I I get that these plates are really interesting, but yeah. take a breather and have a little think. Because he's like, I quite. <laughs> yeah, no, I quite like when. A documentary almost doubles up as a character study of the person who's making the documentary. It's not good though, I don't think. Because it's to make a documentary about something, you've got to be super interested in something. And people who are super interested yeah. in things, when they're talking about the things they're super interested about, is super interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and like there like, are people are very attractive when they're just rattling on about what they're super interested in it's like oh, you're having a great time and i'm just loving watching you have a good time you know what i mean yeah absolutely everyone gets enthused by other people's yeah. hobbies you know especially when they're passionate about it and that, i think that's why i enjoyed this documentary so much because i feel the buzz of him i was just as invested in finding out about those plates because he was so dedicated to the cause yeah. I, I I mean like this criticism as you take a step back as like if say you were a documentary maker I'd be like oh maybe <laughs> maybe I should work on myself a little bit. He <laughs> <laughs> watches know? it back like oh my god I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, because there there is a like the the ending really reminded me of um oh, oh there's a film and it's like this cop chases this criminal. And this criminal isn't as bad as the cop thinks he is. And at the end, they like make eye contact and the criminal just walks off and the cop's like, not today. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe another day. It kind of reminded yeah. me of that. There's Rings still, a bell. Yeah. Yeah. But. Mm. I like Yeah. It. No, I, I, I do think it's more 
interesting because of that. But I, so yeah, I, I like it when documentaries are like, ah, this is also interesting because of the guy making the documentary. Mm. But I think I like it more when that's almost incidental. Do you know what I mean? Like Catfish yeah. is great. And I, and it's all, I think the focus of the documentary is on these people that are catfishing him. And the documentary then mm. can't help but also be about the guy making it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This documentary feels like they thought, this is already too short. It's not a film. Yeah. Let's, you know, give a 10 minute break to just give you a rundown of Justin's time at school. Yeah, sometimes I did feel like that was a little bit um, odd. It didn't necessarily fit within the yeah, I, plot. But I liked it because it, it made me connect. Yeah, I get what they were doing. Yeah, they're trying to connect. They're trying to make connections between it Justin just and Sevi. Weird. Yeah, you know. shown that they're both misunderstood. They both like birds. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it felt a bit too much like the documentary was pushing that idea that all these two are both you know obsessive people i just want to i want to feel that i don't want to be told that do you know what i mean yeah and you know like um going back to the grizzly man you can tell warner Hortzog is a obsessive man because of the way that he oh, just Werner Hortzog's just a weird man <laughs> he he will obsessively search anything in order yeah. to get the point but you can really see that he doesn't tell you that you could just see yeah. the man is absolutely off his rocker but mm. you know, or he's, like, a, he's yeah, a character of his own. <laughs> yeah. Where whereas with this, it, it felt a little bit forced. Like I say, I liked yeah. knowing about the person who's researching this. It's it's always good to gauge where this person stands within um, this, I guess, plate conspiracy, <laughs> this mm. tile conspiracy. Sorry, the tiles aren't they? Um, yeah, toymy tiles. But yeah, it just felt a little bit forced. That that's probably yeah. my one of my criticisms. But overall, it didn't offend me too much because I just really liked all of the the different people's ideas of where this comes from, and it opened up a good discussion about the uh, philosophy of that fella. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you spend. I wonder how long into the making of that documentary because the whole thing is like you know a story not not the whole story of the Tommy Tars but Justin's story of starting looking into it mm. is you know it's years long at what point in that process did he think did he first have the thought I'm not sure I should be making a documentary about this guy <laughs> and it's already too late I've spent the last three years doing this already I can't stop now <laughs> oh yeah it I, I felt that like just before we got to the bit where it was talking about Justin's schooling and stuff, there's this moment where they're talking about it, and like it, it does like a little, you know, it does um, calls to the end, like with clips of people talking about the guy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, you you couldn't see him in his house. He's a bit of a recluse thing, and like you know, you're like you know who they're talking about. They're talking yeah. about the guy at the end who we don't know yet. But I was like, oh. They're already reusing footage. That's not really a good sign. <laughs> if it's done narratively or if it's done as a hook, it's great. But this was done for the sake of... It, it yeah. didn't fit. It felt really chopped together. I think that is another thing that 
I don't love about this documentary. I, I love, I do love this documentary, but I think what I love about it is just the Toynbee tiles, you know? Yeah. It's, it's that mystery on its own. It's just so interesting. It doesn't really matter how well the documentary's made. It's going to be entertaining. And it is, it is pretty well made on the whole, but there are, like, like the recreations they do, like the reenactments mm. are proper cheesy. Like, <laughs> I don't think they're very well done. Uh, like you said, the editing's kind of bad. Mm. Uh, overall, it's not a great-looking documentary. No. Whereas there's been a big old shift recently to really stunning-looking documentaries mm. um, that this isn't quite kept up with. And they're great. They're great sleuths, you know? They, they crack this mystery. I wouldn't have been able to crack this mystery. I don't think many people would have had the time and the patience and the persistence to crack this mystery. Mm. But they're not great speakers or interviewers like them going around the radio convention is all a bit awkward and bumbly but they get it done so yeah it, it did feel a little bit like a student project i could it did. i could quite easily see myself searching something weird and then just going and investigating it and being awkward getting box pops about this subject mm. and that bish bash yeah. blush that's the documentary you know <laughs> i guess because they're not documentary makers first they're they're you know, well, no, and almost treasure hunters first, aren't they? Yeah, it's a good effort. Like I, Great I did effort. enjoy it. I, I love it. I love the um, the, the discourse around what the plates mean. I think there's so much there that can be unpacked because you never really know, especially in the mind of someone who is potentially very probably mentally ill. Um, the the discussion to what the plates means. It's just really interesting, the different theories mm. that have come out from it. Because I had a little read about it afterwards, because obviously I'd never heard of this. I'd, I watched it this morning. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I was like, oh, I'm going to go research this. And there's, there's multiple theories. Um, the, the documentaries is the most um, accepted theory. Yeah, the whole, you know, yeah. this guy is, is interested about bringing back dead people on Jupiter. <laughs> yeah, but... Is he? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one interpretation. It makes sense to me, but you're right. How can you ever truly know well, what it means? Because the the philosophy in which they're referencing is more is, is less about let's bring back dead people, and more about not taking or not using science as a literal. Because it talks a lot about if I was a scientific man, I would believe that there is nothing after death and yeah. then he talks about the atoms and stuff but it's not really he's not saying let's bring back life on jupiter or anything like that the guy is merely just saying possibilities exist and that's the <laughs> end of that it's human nature to investigate and believe in something else and we don't yeah. really have to do anything with that <laughs> we can just accept it, at it that, as it is and that, that can coexist feels... with science <laughs> That feels like a very apathetic message for someone who is intent on plastering these tiles everywhere. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like there's a bit more motivation behind, like, my my message needs to go out there and my message is, hey, we don't know. <laughs> I feel like this is a guy saying, <laughs> no, I think take our dead to Jupiter. No, I mean, I think that's what the philosopher meant. Oh, right. He oh, was saying, sure. yeah, he was like, you know science and human nature can coexist 
Sure. We don't have to have all the answers, you know. And yeah. he studied many, many civilizations, said some dodgy stuff, you know, um, and came to this conclusion about human nature. But I think that's the, the thing with philosophy, is that when it's open to interpretation, it can cause <laughs> dangerous things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, the, the, the whole thing it's based on, this Arnold Toynbee guy... Sounds like he's talking out of his ass to me. <laughs> like, I mean, you're right. It's it's this weird blend of science and philosophy and spiritualism and and nature, and it just doesn't really amount to much, <laughs> in my opinion. But clearly, it, it resonated with Sevi Werner and got him thinking. So I I screenshotted a lot on him earlier because I was quite interested in it. Mm. Um. So, this fella sees the growth and decline of civilizations as a spiritual process, writing that man achieves civilization not as a result of superior biological endowment or geographical environment, but as a response to challenge in a situation of special difficulty which rouses him, <laughs> and yeah, blah blah blah. So, the guy's saying, like, human nature is what's important, not yeah. anything else. And I think... Kubrick especially embodies that message with his films. I mean, Kubrick hates people with a passion. <laughs> he just does. Like, you cannot... He doesn't like people. All of his yeah. films are about the inherent <laughs> Man, evilness suck. of humanity. He hates yeah. humanity. Like, uh, everything about it. And I think those messages are so paradoxical because one guy's saying human nature, we need it, it's great civilizations will rise through it and then you've yeah. got Kubrick on the next line saying, well actually no, humans suck <laughs> and then you've got Jupiter yeah Just, this, this is the I've got the exact passage that the documentary and these researchers believe that these tiles stem from lay it on me <laughs> Human nature presents human minds with a puzzle they have not yet solved, and many never succeed in solving, for all that we can tell. The dichotomy of a human being into soul and body is not a datum of experience. No one has ever been or ever met a living human soul without a body. Someone who accepts, as I do myself, taking it on trust, the present-day scientific account of the universe may find it impossible to believe that a living creature, once dead, can come to life again. But if he did entertain this belief, he would be thinking more scientifically if he thought in the Christian terms of a psychosomatic resurrection than if he thought in the shamanistic terms of a disembodied spirit. So, good lord! What the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's that sort of brand of of you know early 19th century science that's, well, you know, actually, science with a big, big quotation bit, marks. A little bit later. He's a little, he's, yeah, he's in the 20th, Tone B. Um, yeah. So, like, there, there's a lot, a lot of um, philosophers talk, obviously, about the meaning of life and death, like Carl Jung, for example, who's often referenced in Hitchcock films, you'd probably know, yeah, yeah. yeah like with Vertigo, things like that, mm. especially with the green, young absolutely loves his green anyway I like green. so <laughs> um i think this fella is just absolutely he's taken like the ideas from kant and kantism which is why if you can't see anything how can it actually be real 
Um, mm. The same as saying, well, you can't prove there isn't a life after death, or you prove there is a life after death because you can't see it. He's taken those ideas, but just absolutely propelled them through somewhat modern terms. And it just doesn't <laughs> make sense. Because the whole reason yeah. can't make sense is because, you know, nothing made sense back then. If yeah. the volcano erupted, God. <laughs> God <did laughs> Not tectonic <laughs> plates, God, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's my problem with modern philosophy as well. Like, it's all good Wait, digesting yeah. how... It, it sounds you know, like he's trying to say hey if resurrection's real it's not what christ is about it's a bit more yeah. the the you know the haitians are onto it not the not the pilgrims i i really loved when some someone in the documentary was talking about why jupiter and someone was like it's the biggest planet <laughs> i just really <laughs> loved that bit <laughs> <laughs> oh my like, god, he solved it. <laughs> He's big. It's like, oh, why why would we resurrect the dead on Jupiter? Big. <laughs> just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean I love it. It's uh, such a great theory, but I Yeah. It's just so well, It does it does It does sort of explain not explain why, but you know, offer interpretations, doesn't it? Something about the 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 atmosphere there is good for stuff. But honestly, if I if I was this fella, right, and I'm trying to clearly talk about civilization and life after death because I'm referencing Tolby, I wouldn't instantly go to Kubrick because nothing good happens in his films. And you're trying to you're trying to resurrect the dead. Kubrick's saying they're already here and they suck. Yeah. Well, I think what it is, is it's someone who read Toynbee and then purely coincidentally went to go see Space Odyssey <laughs> and was like, hey, oh, yeah. these link. I think that's all it is, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. He's like, whoa, this is like that book I just read. But it's, it's It'll quite... make sense now. <laughs> It's quite sinister if you think this is coming from someone who could be poorly, because film is often underrated as a media of mass hysteria, like The Hunt, Link, mm. uh, you know, um, look at Taxi Driver, <laughs> Vice President I'm got shot, at it. didn't he? Mm. Some, well, someone got shot because they loved Jodie Foster in it, and they yeah. were trying to copy Travis Bickle. Um, so... Kubrick's films were always a little bit on on edge with how audiences will receive them. For example, Nat hates Kubrick films because Nat inherently believes in the good of people as opposed to the the worst. Whereas yeah, well, so do I. But Shining's one of the best films ever made. <laughs> I don't think I agree with you there. Um, but I I agree with Kubrick in that I think he should always assume the worst of people. Um, nah. <laughs> no, yeah, surely not. No, that's just so you can't, you can't, eat, you know, link back to Happy Go Lucky. Let's let's be a bit more like Poppy. I'm not a Poppy person. I've yeah. never been a Poppy person. You know, Nat Moore is. Joe is. Joe always assumes the good of people. Yeah, and I'm like, don't do that. People suck. <laughs> no, you should do that. No. 
Because it leaves yeah. you vulnerable. Well, you know, I, I, until I'm something my... until until someone takes advantage of you, then then do it, right? I I, I guess so. I'm in, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in mind to agree with him. So if if we're talking about resurrecting the dead, and Toby's like, we can do it. 2001 Space Odyssey wouldn't be my go-to because in Kubrick films, who would you resurrect? Because Shelley Duvall in The Shining is really annoying. I can't, I can't <laughs> help it. I wouldn't resurrect her. She's annoying. The little kid with the red rum. I'm not having that weird kid around me. I'm not resurrecting him. And the dad just don't even go there. I don't want to be axed, you know? Mm. Look yeah. at Clockwork Orange. None of them. Bye. You know? Well, I don't think it's about... <laughs> you know the 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 people the characters it's more about the the concepts isn't it yeah but the concepts also are about people sucking clockwork orange is about a guy who goes around raping beating people up he gets caught but then he himself gets subjected to torture so he just gets let off and then he goes and he starts again you know mm. it's, it's a cyclical narrative of saying you do something bad someone bad does it to yeah. you so we absolve what you did bad as a form of justice um and then the shining about like isolation and things like that isn't it um it's meant to be based off a real hotel as well i think um so i'm not going there anytime soon but well I'm just think... saying, he could have used a better example of wanting to resurrect humankind. I think, I think, <laughs> right. Alright, alright. There's, there's almost no right way about understanding what this guy's on about, because he's he's putting up two ideas, yeah? He's, he's putting, putting up whatever, a lot of ideas. <laughs> he's putting up whatever Toynbee's talking about up against whatever yep. 2001's about. These are two things that make no sense to me. <laughs> you know? I read Toynbee, I read the extracts, what you've just said to me, and whatever they talk about in the documentary, I go, well, I have no idea what that's about. I watch 2001 Space Odyssey, and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And then you got this guy that's like, ah, I understand both of these and how they complement each other. Yeah, and does that make no him idea. a genius, or...? Insane. I don't think so. I because think it's the latter. Is he the pinky or is he the brain? It's all just speculation, isn't it? Yeah. I, I'm sure that he's absolutely a genius, and they, the, I could see how they do complement each other. They both question the nature of humanity, so that in itself complements each other, whether they and, be paradoxically and opposite or not. You know. I think it's more about questioning life and death, you know, and rebirth. Because sure, I don't know what. 2001's about, but it's clearly about some form of rebirth. He's a great big womb baby at the end. Yeah, absolutely. He goes back to that stage of his life and he watches his life go throughout, so something's happening there. So I, I, that. See, I think though that rebirth and that that inherent will that we all have to live forever is a part of that rebirth because or that it's human nature to believe that we will be rebirthed because we don't want to accept that when we die there's nothing's gonna happen you know so i think the two are really closely dancing together yeah yes yeah. you know and and yeah what's you're right what's more scary than 
than nothing. the concept of nothing. So, sure, desperately and it is if you think you solved scary. it, if he thinks he solved it and he wants to let us know that he solved it, saying, "Guys, there's nothing to worry about. Just ship me off to Jupiter when I die, and I'll pop back in a month." You know, I think he's a great big baby. I don't know if it's Jupiter or Saturn. I think one of them rains diamonds. Oh my god! So I don't Send know. Send me over the big bucket. I don't know if I'd want to be rebirthed and put on Jupiter because space is quite scary itself. Yeah. So like being born on Jupiter on this big old planet, and like what if well, you're just, the first, just... and then it's raining <laughs> diamonds, so it's going to cut you to shit. Oh, well, I imagine you know <laughs> if 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 this is how we bring people back. <laughs> will have invented some sort of infrastructure. There'll be a big Jupiter hospital. Nothing stronger just... than diamonds. Have you not seen James Bond? At a diamond. Oh, yeah, I've seen wow. James Bond. With diamond these days. Fight diamond with diamond. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. That, but face is scary, so that's just my my take on that. But I really okay. like this tiles, so... And the message is there. Somewhere. It's fun. It is it's fun. It's a fun little thought. It, it very much is a thought that probably <laughs> should have just stayed as a thought. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. But then I quite like that idea, though. I do like that he spreads his message on tiles and just sticks them around, because that's just so unique. I watched this thinking, huh, Banksy spray paints walls. There's a grandma in Whitstable that knits things, and that's her graffiti on poles and yeah. whatnot. He's tiling. Just clever. There's what a great a way. bunch of people just shouting their messages in a way that's what this podcast is. We're saying this <laughs> is what we think, you know? Yeah. And it's almost, it, it, it's almost more important how you're doing it than what you're saying. Because if you're the only person doing it the way you're doing it, then people are going to look. Yeah. I, I did think, huh. That's not. If we invented, you know, the idea of podcasting and having an audio-only <laughs> sort of uh, product, I suppose, doesn't matter how good or bad that podcast is, because we're the only one of the kind, then people will be like, ah, this is new. And like you said, then we'd get copycats, but we'd always be the first. It's that sort of thing. No one else is doing what the Toynbee Tie guy was doing. They stood out. doesn't matter what it was saying. It's because it was different. It's 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 a strange one. Yeah, I think it, it's it's. I think that's why it's such a good mystery, because just everything about the tiles, you know, the way they're made, they're not even they don't look professional. No. Uh, it, it seems to all be one person there, and their placement. You know, they're in the middle of busy streets, and no one's seen them put down and yeah the message is is it's so nearly decipherable isn't it yeah if it was complete gibberish we wouldn't even be having this talk about arnold toynbee and whatnot but it's so nearly there in terms of coherence but it just isn't <laughs> and that's why it's so good you're right because it's it really lends itself to you know potentially hours and hours of of debate about what do these four lines mean and it's four lines and it only amasses to you know maybe 10 20 words as well it's it's i think that is why it's great you're right because it's you can 
really extrapolate what it means. I will never know, which is um, so yeah. infuriatingly great. You know, yeah. you don't have to know everything. Sorry, I, I mm. went like um, puberty there, didn't I? Uh, uh, you don't have to know everything in order to enjoy it. And I look at them and I'm like, wow, that's cool. Some funky tiles with some funky yeah. words. So you have to read into mm. it. What is it? Arts for art's sake. It could be that. Art for art's sake. It yeah, maybe maybe he is completely lucid. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, this be this all <laughs> this all make people go, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Just you know what? Let's plaster these tiles around the city and watch people like us have a chat about what they mean when they really mean <laughs> fuck all. Yeah, it's like yeah. I am the walrus. Yeah. It's nonsense for the sake of nonsense. Maybe. Yeah. There you go. There's another interpretation. We just don't know. You know what's annoying? Mm? Uh, I was in Times Square and I really wanted to see it, but I was on a school trip and, you know, you can't just sort of meander about by yourself in Times Square on a school trip. It's probably get snatched or something, but <laughs> I spent I spent all my time in Times Square, you know, one of the busiest, craziest looking places. I spent all my time in Times Square looking at the fucking ground. <laughs> I was like, it's around here somewhere. Where is it? Did you Spent find like half it? Half an hour in Times Square. No, I didn't find it. <laughs> oh, sorry. And like, All right, let's move on to whatever we're doing next. I was like, no. oh. I haven't taken anything in. I could... really want to see one. I still, I still do really want to see one. I mean, they, they, they must still be kicking. Yeah, out. I was Unless... watching this and I was like, I want to find one now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure some of them are still kicking it out because it's the sort of thing. You know, the council would come and scrape off the road, isn't it? Oh, yeah, like in England, that would be gone in yeah. seconds. Yeah, I guess in America yeah. as well, but but I reckon there's still some just well, preserved. Well, he glues them, doesn't he? So they must be quite difficult. And some of the older ones, I was reading the materials that he uses to tile them onto the floor are really, really old materials that mm. aren't healthy to go near. He sort of, yeah, he sort of bakes them into the tarmac they, uh, yeah. with the road. Like, this isn't just a, like, Flintstones, chuck your foot down, pat it <laughs> on the ground, you know, glue, stomp. Yeah. This is like a... He, he's got to spend a fair amount of time doing this. Yeah. It, it does just, like, melt into the ground, and some mm. of them are still there. There's that great bit in the documentary where... <laughs> there's one of the recreations where Justin like goes out late one night for a sandwich or something and then comes back on the way he walked and there's a Toynbee tile and he's like this definitely wasn't here on the way there and he touches it and it's warm and he's like oh my god it's like 20 minutes old <laughs> it's crazy it's like proper cosmic I love it yeah like he, he, the documentary suggesting these two guys have a connection you know with birds and, and grades in school and yeah the fact that they very, very, very nearly cross paths by ten, twenty minutes. It does, does, does buy into that a little bit. I do, and I think that like the the connection that they have, albeit completely fabricated by the documentary, <laughs> the guy clearly believes he has this connection. There, there is yeah. that spiritual element to it. The, yeah. the guy is just like in love with this tireless. There, there's a real I mean, admiration there for the the guy who tiles yeah. the floor. He essentially defined his existence for about three or four years, you know? Yeah. What are you doing? I'm I'm following in this man's footsteps and I can try and figure out who he is. 
Yeah, and it's good. I think as well, like when when he's coming up with all the different names and stuff, how excited he gets when he gets that surname is really sweet. Oh he's like, man, what's your surname? Honestly, it gives me chills. <laughs> that bit i know he just seems so happy and like at this point of the documentary you've had probably about an hour of him whittling off utter shite <laughs> bless um like it could be this guy here's all the reasons why it can't be this guy it could be this yeah. guy here's all the reasons why it can't be this guy like he failed 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 and then he gets his surname and like he's so ecstatic and you yeah. can just hear like the voice quivering when he says thank you to the guy and things that really makes it just that mm. extra like fist pump moment because there's there's the bit where you know justin's saying the tiles are real you know and they're handmade so the person that's made them is real too and if he's real he's a person and if he's a person that means he's out there and that means there are people out there who've talked to him and people that remember his name and that's all i've got to find i've got to find one of those people like it puts it into this utter needle in a haystack perspective yeah. but it just makes that moment where he goes, Sevi, and he goes, Verna, just so validating. You're like, yes. And I, I love it. Awesome. I love his mentality with that as well. It's such a good way to like approach a task. The way he's yeah. like, all I've got to do is do this. And then from there, I've got to go and do this. So whilst yeah. he is absolutely obsessed with this person, who he doesn't even know at this stage, he, he's never, he never crosses that line of being irrational. He always he knows what he's doing, which I think if this guy wasn't as passionate as he was, and if he wasn't as just so willing to give up his life in order to find this guy, yeah. this documentary wouldn't have been successful. It would have been boring. But it's mainly mm. because of how interested this person is. Yeah, it does a really, really great job of telling a really interesting, twisty-turny story when one of the first tiles they show you has Sevi's address on it. Like, it's really open and shut when you think about <laughs> it like that. <laughs> like, the documentary's over in, in the first 20 minutes. You can basically figure out, all right, it's probably that guy that lives there. Yeah, and it is. It's just, you know, they've then got to spend the next hour of this documentary proving that, and it does manage to remain engaging, and that is actually quite an achievement. Yeah, like, there were a couple moments where I started to be like you know, wandering off. But it, it did bring me back. That yeah. There are some funky-looking hairstyles in this documentary. <laughs> and I could not yeah. get over it. So, yeah, no one in this... No, no one's too good-looking in this film, are they? It's not, it's, it's not, it's not about looks, fellow. It's the hairstyles. It's so hey, the hairstyle hair. goes a long it, way. It literally does. The guy has, like, this weird, like, mullety thing going on, isn't it? It's like yeah. the curtain bangs. Mm. Um, so yeah, looking looking at that hairstyle for an hour was criminal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, at least you survived. I did. No, that's been no, too mean. It. He is great. <laughs> no. I liked it, and like, I think when when they start going to the house, I was like, oh, shouldn't do that makes me a bit uncomfortable because you are asserting yourself into this person's life when you shouldn't but yeah. then at the back of the mind i was thinking of you know that david attenborough documentary uh, yeah, more oh, specific. The, the, the ice planet one sure um there was that penguin who lost its little baby down the hole 
No. And these people had spent like six weeks with this penguin colony and they just couldn't, and they just fish it out. They intervene and they, they dig up the ice, they get this little baby penguin and they give it back and they get bollocks for it because you're not meant to interfere as a documentary person. Yeah. Um, but I was like, well, if they did it, he can do it. So I, yeah, I, I justify well, yeah, that. I mean, you gotta, you know. Rules are meant to be broken. Yeah. You know? But I, There's not one way of making a documentary. No. So. And I think it would have been less interesting if they didn't go and knock on the guy's door and post a letter through his thing saying, oh, by the way, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Can we have an interview? <laughs> sure, nothing came of it, but it adds that bit of, oh, yeah. is it the guy? <gasps> um, this documentary is a good example of if you don't ask, you don't get. Absolutely. They, they ask and ask and ask, and sometimes they get, sometimes they don't. But either way, I think they're pretty happy with their conclusion. Yeah, they, and so am I. They you know? Know. Yeah, we know who did it. <laughs> yeah, Sevi Werner did the toy titles. Why? I'm, oh, I'm convinced. <laughs> but he yeah. did it. Apparently there's copycats as well, which makes it a bit hard. Oh, I bet. I bet. Because there were new titles laid since the documentary. Mm. One in 2013 and one in 2016, I think, is the most. Yeah. But they say that the materials aren't the same. Sure. So it can't be the same guy. Mm. Which is a that's shame. Why, that's, it's doable, isn't it? The whole thing, like, that's that's why it's interesting. It could be anyone. I don't know, though. Because, like, like, if I had to cut a panel off the whole of my car... First of all, Joe would never let me do that because I don't drive and it's his car. <laughs> so there, there's a, a barrier there. Yeah. And then, like... You've got to be quick with it, because he does it in motorways. Like, he does it in the middle of the road. Yeah. There's no just popping these down willy-nilly when he's in the quiet. <laughs> he likes the pub- big public spaces. Um, yeah. I don't I don't think I'd have the call for that. You've got to remain calm. What if you get a bit of, like, um, glue in your finger or something or stick yourself to it and, you know... Just... Oh, no, I'm on the tarmac, too. <laughs> I just mean like super gluey hands. You gotta be quick. It's it's, it's a high pressure thing, and I don't think okay, I'll be able to okay. Cut out for Not it. anyone could do right. it. Right, that's my thing. You because you be. can't. <laughs> Not anyone just but me. Meg. I've got glue on me. <laughs> no, you don't understand. I quit. <laughs> No, it's not what I meant. I meant having glue in your hands will slow you down. It will. Right. And you've got to be quick. Or speed you up in terms of picking stuff up. <laughs> Supermarket sweep, just cover me in glue. Run down the aisles. <laughs> no. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm on about, do you? Not really, actually, no. I just mean, it's it's a high... You've got to have a good amount of nerves to be sticking things in the middle of the road in heavy populated areas. Yeah, true. Because I, I reckon there's a, a good hefty can... fine. Yeah. And if someone's writing about Kubrick, Jupiter and resurrecting the dead, I don't think he has money for fines. I just get yeah. that vibe, you know? He's, he yeah. doesn't go outside. How is he earning money? Yeah. So you got to be... you got to have good Moon. nerves for this. It's no easy deal. That's all I meant. Yeah? Okay. Get it I'm now. with you. Yeah? I get it now. Right. Thank Gluey you. fingers and all. Gluey. <laughs> what did you what did you overall then, you know, we've we've 
spoken a lot about a lot about why this is bad, a lot about how it's good. Overall? Overall. Oh, I liked it. But I I like documentaries like this, especially when they have a mystery. The the clogs were turning for them and the clogs were turning for me. And I think the topic was interesting. There are many interpretations to what the tiles say. Um and I think that whilst the documentary does point you into the way that they believe it should be interpreted, it is often it's open, essentially. Yeah. Um it, it, it's it it's almost less interested in what they mean it's more interested in who is doing it yeah exactly because there's obviously like i mentioned earlier there's anti-semitism in some of them and things like that and yeah that's kind of just absolutely bulldozed over <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah and it's got some ramblings about hellraisers and people oh, yeah. oh no <laughs> anyway who did it <laughs> you know um so yeah. That that would probably limit it for me a little bit, um, <laughs> but for the for the most part, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Sweet, nice one. Yeah, I'd say uh, seven out of ten. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's a yeah. good. Yeah, would have got higher if it wasn't for the mullets. <laughs> <laughs> Scarecrow hair. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, thank you. Sorry about the ramblings of mad people on this podcast. All of us. Well, it's... It's... It's a film about mad ramblings from the guy making it to the guy it's about. So what's more fitting than us having a mad ramble? Yeah. So, for the next mad ramble, see you next week. Bye.